Hello and welcome on into another edition of the Gang Does Fantasy Podcast. A special treat for this rivalry week as both brothers Foster are in the building. The commish Reed, his brother Jack. We're talking Yves Saint Laurent versus, well, they're not playing each other, but Mr. Big Chase, I guess, versus each other in the podcasting sense. Uh, coming on the program this week, boys, how we doing? Would be doing better if uh, young Shannon made an appearance onto the podcast, but I guess we're not good enough for him yet. Yeah, he'll never make an appearance. He has a thing that he's, he says is called work. I, I'm not uh, entirely sure what he's, you know, what that's code for, but it's uh, getting into something during the daylight hours. Couldn't hop on the program. We'll get Shannon on here at some point. That's a goal, I think, for all of us. We'll get him on um, as I continue to try to save face having a just the Melfies and the Shannons of the world making my points force look not as disgusting as it is. So uh, shout out to them. Uh, it is rivalry week, though, which is a tradition unlike any other. We've had this thing shift uh, across rivals a little bit throughout the years. I am now playing the commish. Uh, of course, we have, you know, the Melfies and the Barras of the world playing each other. We'll run through all of these matchups. Uh, obviously, we've got a couple of teams now at 0-3, me and Melfi. And some teams at 3-0, and I want to start with one of those right off the top. He's on the pod this week, Mr. Big Chase himself. He's 3-0, and going up against the Shannon, the other Nick, the Dennis system, who's 1-2. and Let's look into this matchup just as a starting point, guys. Um, I Look, Jack is in the mix for best team in the league right now. I know Big Dan, after his hissy fit in the Discord this week, will have some disagreements there, but... Uh, I guess I'll open the floor up to you first, Jack. Uh, you're three and oh, how you feeling, buddy? I'm feeling great. I mean, I'm the only three and oh team. You did say there were some teams, but it's actually just one team. You're it's right. Mr. I you're Mr. right. Big the Champ. points force threw me off. Yeah, he is two and one. I apologize. You're the only Mr. three and oh. I'm Champ. so sorry. Yeah I, yeah, I luckily got to destroy Daniel in week one, and then I probably yeah. wouldn't beat him any other weeks. So that's what we like to see. I'm happy that uh you know you played up to your level of competition. Yeah, exactly. That's why my rival is is Nick Shannon. You know, we got <laughs> we like to hit the eighth level of eighth tier player or below. And uh, with his team, uh, he's going to be ru- uh, having a rough time. Yeah, I uh, it would be nice if he was here on the other end to, re- to give a little retort there. But uh, of course, uh, it, the team's in rough shape. We'll get into the weeds there on that side of the matchup in a sec. Um Reed, just as a quick check-in, how, how are you this week? I know you have a lot of commissioner duties, but uh, you and I are playing each other. We'll get to our matchup, but uh, how are how are how are things in the Reed Foster corner? Just right before we get into this one, uh, we're living, man. We're living. You know, yeah. it's uh, it was a big week with the newsletter. I thought, and you know, we're compounded out with this podcast. I'm still working on the two minutes. It's it's a lot of stuff going into being commish, but we're entering we're entering the real exciting part of the season, the real meat. So I, it feels like some action is about to start going down. I'm pumped. I feel like it's just around the corner that we're going to turn this thing into a 24 seven kind of media empire. I know, look, we, we might say cable is dead, but maybe get some kind of a 24 seven, you know, radio streaming kind of thing. It, the amount of content at this point could basically fill in the, the minutes of a day read. So well done across the board. Yeah. I'll take that 3am slot. If you got it. There we go. There we go. The there three go. to the three to four. We'll put Melfi on uh, right before you. So it'll be a good back to back. Yeah. He'll, he'll lead me in, you know, he'll, he'll be like the opener for my act. You exactly. get the clown out first. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or maybe it'll be the exact opposite where you're going to be the Craig Ferguson to his Conan O'Brien and he's the real superstar. Yeah. <laughs> the late, late show. Not going to be quality. Yeah, it could be one of those also where like the fan base is just complete. There's no overlap between the two fan bases. So, you know, Melty's <laughs> bringing out the one, <laughs> the one brand of humor and you bring it, you bring a completely different closers role. Uh, all right, let's get into this. You're playing the Dennis system. He's one and two. I still maintain as much as you want to chirp my team and feel free. Uh, I still maintain I have a better team than his might be the only team I can say that about right now. Uh, this team's in rough shape. It does have a win on the board. Uh, that's something Melfi and I cannot say so far this year. He's one and two coming into this one at time of recording with a 32% chance via Yahoo. Of course, there's some things that could be switched around. There have been some rumored trades that the Dennis system might be getting into. We'll keep our eyes and ears out for that. Uh, but big chase. I mean, let's just talk about your team here and then we can get into Dennis system. Do we want to start with the quarterback stuff? We want to start with the kind of mess stuff because oh, the rest man. of your roster is so yeah. good. I mean, there's a it's lot of positivity woes. here. It's woes yeah, in the so, quarterback area. Well, let's talk no. Brady. Let's let's talk Brady first. Um, it's obviously, you know, you can bring out what kind of excuses you want. He's 75 years old. Uh, his yeah. receivers have been hurt, et cetera, et cetera. How are you his feeling about the Brady? Up. Fingers banged up. You know, the divorce yeah. is coming as Reed has put down on the sheet. Uh, how it was his right finger hurt? Yeah, exactly. Well done. Well done. <laughs> On field and off field, Brady, in your life, Jack, how are you feeling about things right now? It kind of, it's not a great feeling. You know, I don't really have a great backup guy going forward for at least a few weeks. Um, Dak is going to be back uh, week five, most likely. And I pretty much have to wait until Mike Tomlin decides that losing sucks enough to try putting out picket. And hopefully not Mason Rudolph. I have yeah. the same guys, you know, as last season, where obviously I won, you know, Mr. Big Champ. But both both my QBs are still struggling. The Bengals' offensive line is a tragedy, and the Bucks' line rates well, but it doesn't feel like it when you watch. He's got a lot of lower-tier receivers, you know, and they maybe they just can't get open. Maybe Brady just can't move around the pocket as well as he needs to. Your issue, too, is that last year you had those two, plus you had Dak as your third quarterback. Uh, I mean, this year, Cooper Rush, their favorite again this week. Maybe Cooper Rush moves to 3-0. and Jerry Jones did talk about a potential quarterback controversy. Right. Yep. You know, does Cooper Rush just have something that Dak doesn't possess? Is he a little, uh, you know, lighter-skinned and more appropriate for the position? As a some scrappy, athletic kind of guy, you know? Yeah. A real team rat. <laughs> Jim Rat, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and he's faster than you'd expect. <laughs> High football IQ. Okay. Nice, 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 nice. All right. <laughs> you beat me to all of them. Well done, boys. Well done. Yeah. Um but I'm not I'm not yeah. um I'm not dropping Brady yet. I got some faith that maybe those receivers will get healthy and maybe the Bucks will flip it around. You know, they've got a pretty uh well-rated offensive line, so it, it seems like it could have a possibility of flipping around your your team's fairly deep and you have some you know some high upside guys you often try to go into some of the younger players the drake london thing looks like it's worked out great for you um you know you think about you've got dotson hanging out you're gonna try to see how that thing goes um and you have a very coveted backup right now with madison on your bench as well are you talking about any kind of trades to try to 
maybe boost up that quarterback spot for you, Jack, or is it a ride it out? And I mean, you mentioned Kenny Pickett. Is that the hope right now? If things go really south with Brady uh, here in his mid 40s season? Yeah, I'm really banking on Kenny Pickett working out. Um, otherwise, it's going to be a destitute quarterback department. But I do feel like, you know, Eric is coming to me now with Dalvin's got some shoulder popping out of his socket. He's, he's yep. got some need for a little bit of Alex Madison in his life. The problem is, is it's just uh, we're, we're having a difficult time, you know, finding a, um, an agreeable trade. Sure. Just because I kind of, I'm positioning Madison, uh, you know, he's a fringe RB1, you know, somewhere around there. And then yeah, he's already I, got Dalvin Cook. I do feel like, I feel like handcuff trades are like the hardest ones to execute of, uh, are one of the hardest forms of trades to execute just in terms of like finding fair value for both sides because there's a universe where, like you said, where you trade away Alexander Madison and Dalvin Cook gets hurt, gets hurt, and Madison's a top five to eight running back for the rest of the season. That's absolutely on the table. But if Dalvin doesn't get hurt, then Eric could be talking about giving away significant capital for someone who will literally never start for him. And so, like, there's there's really no way where both of y'all can come out equal in a deal. Ultimately, someone's going to get fucked. Yeah, I think I'm disappointed thing, I didn't end up with Dalvin myself. Sorry. Well, just the thing with him, with Eric, is, uh, you know, he already, because he, he, he finagled the Herbert thing well enough, so he has Barkley and Montgomery Herbert. Um, of course, you don't want Cook to just be burning space on whether it's an IR spot or a bench spot, but uh, he can kind of get away with not having to do this trade, I would argue. Um, but we can we can get into that a little bit more with his team. Mm-hmm. Um, what where are you at on Camara, by the way, Jack? Dude, Alvin Camara is the absolute goat. That's <laughs> all I know. He had a slow start. <laughs> but he's the Saints lead running back in the week four money uh, matchup. But he is a, um, a serial batterer. So, you know, we do have that sure. kind of going sure. on for him. I'm happy to have him. I'm not so pleased that I don't have the Kareem to go with it. I meant uh, Mark Ingram anymore. <laughs> well, Ingram stole. He got in there for a touchdown last week. I, think. I know. Week I know. Before, and I yeah. completely <clears throat> dropped the man. I'd gotten rid of him and I was done with him. And I was trying to get onto the Cardinals running back section, but that also seems to be a, uh, you know, smokescreen of disappointment. Is there, I mean, is there not a concern though, in all seriousness, so much of what he does is in the passing game. You now have, you know, this incredible receiver making his, you know, making his presence known with Olave. Maybe you could argue he's not really taking stuff away from Camara, but the quarterback situation in general, uh, I, I don't think Jameis has looked good really beyond that one half against the Falcons, whether he's hurt or not, you know, who knows if it's Andy Dalton time soon. It, does that side of things concern you about Camara, or is it, you know, the upside is still there for him week to week? Yeah, that's what I'm hoping, but I, I do feel you with the concerns for Jameis Winston. And obviously this man's vision has been detracted and the, uh, the saints line, also tragic, uh, a consistent problem amongst my team, just being unable to pass through 
<laughs> the line of scrimmage. Um, that's a, it's an important part of football, ideally. Yeah. And even versus, uh, you know, the Panthers, they were heavily favored and then they got pretty demolished. It felt like for the whole game. All right, staying on that side of things, uh, as we just assess your roster, Mr. Big Chase, we'll, we'll go to commish now. Reed, you know, this is a 3-0 and team. You want to just give some comments up and down the roster, some some trade suggestions, if you dare, some weaknesses, some strengths? I mean, I think he'd probably be better off with A.J. Dillon on my roster. Uh, <laughs> of course. Just, just personally, I think it makes more sense. Um, but... <laughs> I mean, honestly, if if we're under the assumption that he can finagle something at third QB for like the off weeks with between Pickett and Cooper Rush or whatever, I'm a little concerned about Brady at this point. Like I was pretty high at him entering the year. I had him around like top five to seven quarterback. I don't feel quite as good about that, but I do think that Burrow and Brady long term is a pretty good quarterback combo. And the thing is, is this right now, Jack has a lot of depth at pretty much every position, um, you know, between Chubb, Kamara and Cordero Patterson, AJ Dillon and Alexander Madison and Naheem Hines at running back. Just a lot of options there. And then wide receiver with what Drake London has become with what Jalen Waddles become with what Jamar Chase already is. You add that with a Jahan Dotson and with a Keenan Allen, who's on his bench. I mean, it's, it's one of the deepest teams in the league for sure. Um, the third quarterback is really the only hole you can spot right now. I mean, it's crazy. 610 points across the three games. Uh, you know, when you're getting the down weeks from Brady, when you're getting a couple of down weeks from Jamar chase as well, when you're putting, you know, a, a massive performance from Cordero Patterson on your bench, all of this is happening. And this is still one of the, well, it's the only three and O team and one of the best points uh, scoring teams in the league right now. So I mean, the upside is fantastic. I'm curious and interested to see where you go, Jack, from here, if you are going to try to strengthen QB3. Mm-hmm. Um, but even this season's if you don't... Been, this season's been incredibly feast or famine, I feel like, for these for players. Just the disparity yeah. between, like, the some extremely explosive games from a lot of players and then some absolutely duds. Yep, yep. And, I mean, look, the reality is this is one of the tricky things when you're trying to assess possible trades at this point of the year is like sample size is small, man, you know, for some of these guys who were big in 20, I say this as someone who has a few players on the roster who were great in 21 in uh, 21. It's like, you know, how much uh, of a sales pitch do you put on those 21 stats versus what's still a very small sample size this year in terms of assessing these players. So uh, Mm -hmm. it'll be interesting to see what happens. You're going up against the dentist system. Uh, I do maintain is probably a bottom three team in the league right now. Certainly true on the points. Uh, the projection right now has you just clobbering him 82, 92, one. So I try to do my loud math, 30 plus point margin, yeah. uh, you know, close to 70%. We, we can throw the Yahoo percentages out a lot of the time, but um, it feels like, I mean, look, this QB situation is probably fine when you compare it to some other ones around the league. He also has Deshaun coming back eventually, Mm-hmm. But I don't really understand the Russell projection here. Russ projected to get nearly 21 points after a couple of awful weeks. Um, I, I like his receivers, and he's probably got the worst running back situation in the league. By far. Has some tight end, yeah, has some tight end depth. So it'll be interesting to see if he tries to, you know, turn one of those into a running back or something else. 
Uh, let's just, I guess let's start with the running backs because the situation is so grim. You know, you come off of, he and I were talking a week before this last slate, like, Hey, Chase Edmonds, like you really feel good about that being one of your first top two guys. Like, let's talk about, I don't know, maybe even getting a Henderson or a Carter in the mix. Like they can't be much worse than what Hendrick, what uh, Edmonds is doing. And then Edmonds goes out there and gets 17 points, but it was basically all on two touchdowns. Uh, you know, this is a guy who, and I liked him in Arizona, but he now, as I go through the numbers, it's a combined 11 carries the last two weeks for Edmonds. And then you say, all right, well, who's the other guy? It's Singletary who, you know, none of us really want to trust Bill's running backs in general. I know he's coming off of a solid game also, but you then go down the line, you know, the Dobbins stuff isn't very encouraging. Um, he's hoping for injuries in Philly to be able to play Gainwell. And then McKissick is basically not startable. He's only kind of one of these players who just takes numbers away from Antonio Gibson and then maybe Brian Robinson eventually. So, yeah, I, we both agree. This is the worst running back situation in the league right now. Yeah. I would have to disagree a little bit on some specific points there. Like, Go through you know, it. I, up. I think, up. I think McKissick is a, he's a, he's a lovely RB to own, especially in PPR. I mean, he's not going to be dropping you a, a massive fatty every week, but he's pretty much guaranteed 10 points every time, which is very rare. I feel like, especially he's when kind it's of guaranteed selfie. to cap out at that as well, would be my, it would be my retort, but yeah, of course. Of I, course. I, I think the one problem with McKissick, um, he is definitely going to have a role because he uh, otherwise Washington would have made a point to bring him back after he originally agreed to a deal with Buffalo uh, this off season. So clearly, clearly they have a role for him. But I am a little curious to see how that Washington backfield comes away now because Brian Robinson, after being shot in the leg uh, and miraculously it was avoided pretty much every relevant part of his knee. Uh, Brian Robinson's going to come back pretty soon. And if he starts taking that early down rushing work, Antonio Gibson's going to get in there somewhere because he's still more talented than JD McKissick and he did play receiver at Memphis. So he can fit that role a little bit better at that point even if McKissick sees most of the third down and two minute stuff, if he's splitting it with Antonio Gibson at all, it's almost, he then becomes immediately unplayable. Yeah. I mean, I, I already have him as fringe unplayable right now when Robinson comes in. I mean, this is a special, I, I see this as especially true with Antonio. We could talk about that when we get to, uh, is it the anti-vaxxin bill? Yeah. Curtis's side. Um, that's going to cut into just everyone. I think it's just kind of kind of be a mess unless Brian Robinson just, you know, takes charge of the job completely. But mm. the one thing with them also is running backs Brian is Robinson like, on your team. I just imagine. <laughs> uh, the thing with them with running backs too is like, I, it feels like that game last week is going to be more common than not for commanders games this season where they're just, they're completely out of it and they have to just, there's going to be, you know, reckless Wentz throws. They're going to have to air it out. I just, I don't know if I love running backs unless you're catching the football a lot. So I guess that would be the McKissick argument uh, in that setup in general. Um, but again, this is all of us trying to make an argument for, you know, McKissick being, we're not making flex arguments here. This is about RB1 <laughs> versus RB2 also. Okay, let's just, let's clarify. This is where his running backs are at. Um, and I outlined you know, the concerns of Singletary. I outlined the admin stuff where if you're getting 17 points on a week where a dude has two touchdowns, uh, that's probably a concern. 11 carries across two games is really bad uh, and really concerning in terms of him getting enough volume. Now, maybe that offense is just scoring points like crazy and 
you can trot him out there and he gets a little bit of, uh, you know, a piece of the pie. Um, but I, it does feel like when you just look at some of the imbalances on this roster right now, it feels like, you know, with Deshaun coming back, maybe he could move one of those QBs to a QB desperate team, maybe. Uh, and he could also certainly try to move a tight end. It seems like those are the two, the two chips he has right now. Am I wrong? I mean, I feel. I, I was going to say with regard to the running backs, it. I I do also think that like, I think Edmonds. You talk about Edmonds. I think that he probably is is Shannon's best hope, honestly, because the guy in front of him, Raheem Mostert, has get hurt gets hurt almost every single year. So right. the hope for him. And you don't ever want to hope for this, but like the hope for him has to be that Raheem Mostert gets hurt and then Chase Edmonds assumes that full RB1 role in Miami, which I'm not sure that's a guarantee. Regardless, you know, they'll probably bring in Savon Ahmed or Miles Gaskin or some shit to try and eat into those snaps because Edmonds also has been a little injury prone himself. Um, I, I mean, you look at the running backs like, because also it's not just uh, Washington that has a potentially money committee going <laughs> on, but Singletary, it is difficult to tell week to week who the best running back on Buffalo is. Sometimes That's you watch him and you're, you're like, oh, Singletary is the best guy. The next week it's like, man, he's not looking good, but Zach Moss kind of got something. And then the next week you're like, man, Zach Moss looks slow as shit. But James Cook coming in, he's got a little something, got a little something. I and then Josh Allen also vultures them with the rushing first downs and the touchdowns. It's just I, there's not a single one of these running backs I really want to be all in on. Yeah, I mean, even beyond the eye test stuff, like he hasn't cleared ten carries a game yet. Uh, you know that last so game bad. was that last game was all in the passing game. Which again, this is another offense. Both of these offenses, you might be able to make the case. Certainly, the Bills' offense, where it's like. You know, and I'm thinking about similar things, even with your Jags read where it's like that, you know, that's why I'm adding Zay into the mix. It's like, I want a piece of these offenses that are putting up big points. So again, for a flex guy, you could make a case like, Hey, Singletary, you know, you get a guy in that Buffalo offense. It's often going to put up 35, 40 points. That could make sense as a flex guy as your RB two, or dare I say RB one, it's a disaster. Um, so I, I think he needs to make a move there sooner rather than later. I, you know, there have been conversations going on this week. We'll see if he ends up pulling the trigger on something. Um, I really quick on Dobbins. Anyone have Dobbins thoughts before we we just move to another part of this roster, Mister Bothered I, Chest? Yeah, I mean his like that injury he had last year was so fucked because it was like he tore his ACL, his PCL, his hamstring, and his quad or something along those lines. Like that's just one of the most rare injuries I've ever seen, and. I don't know. I that does not seem like a good offense for running backs right now. Like Lamar is vulturing all the rushing touchdowns. Uh, he doesn't really throw it to running backs a whole lot. I don't think it's good for Dobbins at all. I think personally, it's a running theme for Nick Shannon's uh, running backs that they've had to face the Patriots, which are uh, you know a top top five defense against the run. Uh, you know, J.K. Dobbins only had the one game. But it's also not a great matchup next week versus the Bills. So right, I'm, not feeling, moving, I'm not feeling faith either. Moving on, I, I do like the receivers. It feels like Ayuk, you're probably going to get – maybe you've seen the worst of him so far this year. Like it feels like that's that's going up. Um, you know, the AJ thing, would you be a little bit worried about the occasional Devontae Smith game taking some of that away from him possibly? I still – 
I, you know, Devontae, we could, we'll talk about Barrett's team in a little, but it's back-to-back games now where I, I, I viewed him as just kind of a pure boomer bus guy. Maybe he's not. So that would be the concern there. Um, and then of course, Mike Evans health, but you know, the receivers are fine. Uh, I don't, any receiver thoughts? No, I agree. I think they're good. I think they're yeah. just, they're very solid. Um, he spent the most on receivers of anyone. So I fucking hope they're solid. Uh, but you know, the problem is that Jerry Judy, they would look a lot different if Jerry Judy was healthy and he was looking like the Broncos number one receiver. That'd be pretty damn good to have. Um, but like the problem is that like, unlike someone like Curtis, Curtis has enough good wide receivers where he can play them in both of his flex spots and not worry about the running back problems. Whereas Shannon needs that. And he doesn't quite have enough good receivers to do that. Well, the thing Anytime with Judy, starting, <clears throat> I was just going to say the Judy situation is also, I mean, you could make the case it's impacting his Russell deal. Also the court, the quarterback situation looked pretty solid coming into the year. And it now it depends how much you want to overreact to the rust stuff, but kind of feels like a countdown to Deshaun unless he makes a move, which I would be pretty concerned to have that as your state. Look, QB, QB one's fine. I know people are pretty low on the Cardinals right now. Kyler's still going to put up points. Um, I, I think you're fine there if you can figure out QB two, but if he doesn't do anything, then, you know, this rust thing could get putrid in a hurry or we're overreacting to a couple of games. Yeah, I still think you'd rather have Russ than a lot of guys that are starting in the league, but I mean, they're not throwing it a whole lot. He's looked like shit, and our league is one that penalizes sacks appropriately, and as such, it makes Russ a little less valuable. Yeah. Burrow gets fucked uh, on that as well. Yeah, for sure. Uh, all right, so we'll see if he makes a trade there in terms of this matchup. Like I say, I mean, the computer's like Jack to just absolutely destroy it. Um, I, I'd probably lean that way as well. He's going to need a big game. Uh, Shannon from his receivers going to need a big Kyler game. I mean, part of the problem here is the Kyler projections week to week are still really, really high. So when you look mm-hmm. at some of these numbers, it's like, I don't know. I, it kind of feels like both of his quarterback projections are a little bit inflated. Uh, so when you're already getting into the low one seventies on the projections, I don't love that for you. Um, just looking through his bench to see if he's going to make any changes through this thing. You know, we'll see. I I know he's pretty low on Baker. He's not going to make that change for Russell yet. I would not imagine, um, you know, what he does on the, what he does on the tight end side, serious talking to me here, what he does on the tight end side, I think will, it it seems like he's moving toward a, a trade with some of the tight ends, having talked to him a lot this week, but, um, we'll see who he trots out there. I definitely hot take like Mr. Big Chase to win this one. Who you guys got? Yeah, I, I think Jack well. wins pretty convincingly. Anytime you're starting more than one tight end, it's usually not a great look, even though we did have someone do that last year with the triple jumbo set. Talking talking Barra? Yeah, from Barra. Yeah. But, <laughs> but this he is also... a different quality of uh, tight end he's, that this guy's starting. Barra had like three top five tight ends, though. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> First patient, pull out the skull, remove the cancer, breaking his back, chisel next for the answer. Supersonic, bionic, robot, voodoo power, equator X, my chance to flex skills on Ampex. With power meters and heaters, gauge antifreeze, octagon oxygen, and aluminum intoxicants. More waste up low blood cells in your face, react with four bombs and six fire missiles. Armed with seven rounds of space doodle pistols. You may not believe living on the <laughs> earth. Hey! Planet,
Hey, we just use coconuts. All right, moving on. Pair of two and one teams. Justin Squared taking on Baby Don't Hurts Me. I, I apologize for giving you a fake three and zero earlier, Dan. I am so sorry. Uh, you are actually two and one. You do have the most points in the league. Uh, you also have a considerable points advantage on your brother, but you both have the same. This is one of our brother clashes here. It's Justin Squared. Baby Don't Hurts Me. Uh, as I pull it up, the projections really love Baby in this one at 72% likelihood to win at 204 to 168. Uh, I don't know what I'm missing. Maybe there's something Justin squared will change here. Let's start with, uh, with Eric and let's start with his quarterbacks because, you know, everyone loves Justin Herbert. He's had this rib thing. Uh, had that terrible blowout loss last week. I don't know enough about the medical stuff on what's happening with his ribs. I'm sure Reed, you're very much in the weeds on that. Uh, but you know, his QB two is a guy who hasn't come, who is less than 300 passing yards through his first three games combined this year. So you'd want your QB one situation to be solid there. Um, let's just talk about his quarterbacks here before the rest of his roster. And then we'll get to Dan in this matchup, Herbert and fields, where are we at on the quarterbacks for Eric? I think Justin Fields is absolutely droppable. He's ranked 30, like at least two a week ago. It was ranked 33rd in pass attempts in a 32-team league. Nice. There's no chance that this offense is going to flip it around to such a degree that Justin Fields becomes a decent. Strong takes, Reed? I, I don't know about droppable, but, I mean, this is like – I think that like just the sheer, I mean, obviously I did a whole like newsletter section about him, but like, just like the sheer lack of volume from fields right now is just, it doesn't even matter how good he is. Like the level that he would have to be performing at with such little volume is not a fair ask of anyone to be like a good fantasy quarterback. Now, like, do we, do we think they're going to keep the, this few pass attempts, this few dropbacks for the whole season? It's it feels that it just it physically can't continue to be like that. And like, I mean, the upside, I guess, if you're Eric, is that he's got the Bears running back. So whether it's Montgomery or Khalil Herbert, that's going to be good for him. He's going to get all those points. But um, I mean, the Eric's whole strategy entering this year was contingent on Fields and Herbert forming a solid quarterback duo. Now, you know, with Herbert, you you said I'd be in the weeds or whatever. My understanding is that this is just a pain tolerance issue and that he can't really make it worse, but it's not going to heal for like a month, which means that this is going to be maybe a rough month of Justin Herbert performances because he also, he may not have Keenan Allen once again, which kind of sucks. So, I mean, it's really just a matter of like, can Fields get enough plays to be competent fantasy-wise? Because like Danny Dimes, like I don't think that Danny Dimes is any better than Justin Fields right now, but Danny Dimes is getting... Like Danny Dimes attempted 37 passes against the Cowboys and also ran it a few times. If you're getting that many more opportunities, then you're going to be a lot better fantasy wise. Cause the thing is like, I don't think we talked about earlier, the potential for uh, Eric to be trying to get a trade done with Jack for Alexander Madison. I do think that one of the complicating factors of that is that, well, I like Eric's starting lineup overall and he's got, his, his bench unit, I think, is just not enough good guys to try and develop a good trade because Sky Moore's turned it, turned into nothing. Garrett Wilson, 
I mean, Eric doesn't want to trade Garrett Wilson because he's his only elite rookie. And it makes sense because you'd want to have pretty high value on that. But then who are you trading? Uh, Jarvis Landry or Isaiah McKenzie isn't going to get you Alexander Madison. You probably don't want to start one most times. Melvin Gordon is an interesting kind of handcuff, but he's not to the level of handcuff that Alexander Madison is. I mean, that, that to me is the problem with Eric right now is that he doesn't have that to improve at quarterback. He would have to make his the rest of his roster significantly weaker. Yeah, I, I texted Eric earlier this week. Very simple question. Uh, do you want Mooney? And this is a guy, this was the namesake of Eric's team. Was it two years ago? Yeah, Cash Mooney Records. Cash Mooney Records, okay. Big Bears guy. Supposedly a big Fields believer. <clears throat> and he wanted nothing. He wanted nothing to do with Mooney, which I get. I don't blame you. But let's, you know, let's maybe parlay that into your field's belief also, because clearly those things are related. Uh, the Bears are two and one, by the way. I don't know if I've ever seen a more depressed two and one fan base uh, at any point in NFL history. It's absolutely incredible talking with Bears fans right now, acting like, you know, they're going to go 0 and 17. Um, I, I would also be concerned about that Bears offense. The fact that they've been this disgusting. I know one of there was that big rain game. I get it. But in theory, these first couple months of the year is when the weather is not terrible in Chicago. So I don't really understand how things are going to get better necessarily in the second half of the season, unless it's just a comfort thing with fields. Um, so all of the, all of those things are related to my Mooney sadness. And again, if you think Herbert is going to be restricted for the next month, that is a Reed Foster uh, exclusive. <laughs> uh, then, you know, uh, that's a problem for a team that, you know, his receivers are Palmer will be fine. As long as uh, Keenan Allen is out. I like Kirk and McLaurin in terms of volume. I like Kirk a lot in general. Um, but this kind of feels like a team very much with the running backs as the foundation, which you can have worse positions as your foundation, but you know, does he need it? Does he need to move one of those guys? And I know this becomes even trickier with the Dalvin timing of the injury, you know, and, and, what he wants to do. He did well to his credit to get Khalil Herbert. I mean, look at this, his RB, he has the RB two and RB six on the season between Barkley and Herbert uh, in terms of the season now, which is crazy. Uh, of course, Herbert game, so. and Herbert on his bench when he's doing it. Oh, okay. well, <laughs> well, there we go. Nice. Yeah. He would have beat Barrow with the ad if he had Herbert starting. Yeah. Well, that was what, like a 40 burger, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. So I, but again, I, I like that running back situation. You can have worse, you know, positions of strength in this league. If you're good at running back, if you're good at quarterback and you know how to trade, those are good things to come together. And he can potentially figure something out. Again, the timing of the Dalvin injury uh, would be the concern there in terms of his kind of short to medium term. Um, all right, let's move to the other side here. As he is, again, this is another matchup that's really lopsided based on what Yahoo is going to, it thinks is going to happen here. Uh, baby don't hurts me. I think most would agree second best team in the league here through the first three weeks i you know gave him the credit of being right there on the jacked here he, he is two and one uh he's a 72 percent favorite in this game absolutely lopsided and you know it probably makes sense when you look at some of the players i mean the quarterback situation for him it's literally qbs two and three i believe in the league as i confirm that uh yeah hurts is two yeah. allen is three i mean Those what more do you there. need to say in terms of a foundation for your team. 
Uh, the Devonte stuff, you know, at receiver, could he be a boomer bust guy this year? Maybe. Uh, and then no. Higgins and Sutton. Okay, <laughs> we'll we'll get to your corner in a second. Reed, I'm doing my doing my outline. Uh, Higgins, you know, you're in the midst of all of this. You know, how worried should we be about the Bengals' offense stuff, Jack? So we'll give you the T corner in a second. And then Sutton, the whole thing with him is doubling Judy's targets this year uh, and getting a ton of that action, and it's worked out pretty well for him. Uh, at running back, of course, you know, the downside there would potentially be, uh, you know, any CMC injury would be a problem. Uh, and eventually, maybe you think that J-Rob does pass the baton to ETN, as I'm sure Reed is hoping will happen. But it's 51 to 26 on carries right now. All right. Those are all the notes. Reed, you wanted to do a Devontae uh, corner. Go ahead. I, I was going to say he's definitely not going to be a boomer bust. I mean, he had he had one down week. This year so far, um, I mean, Devontae's been the mo- one of the most consistent wide receivers of the last few years, and I I just have a very difficult time imagining him not getting a lot of target share moving forward. He is the number two most double-covered wide receiver in the league. According to who? New coverage data from Pro Football Focus. And number three, Hunter Renfro. Wow. So maybe that's Josh McDaniel's whole plan is to get all of his good players double covered so he can throw to Matt, Matt Collins. Collins. Matt Collins well, sees it, exactly. Where is Darren Waller in this equation? Wouldn't Melfi like to know? He forgot to how to catch the ball. Um, what? So I, again, though, like when you look at a roster like this, and my internet went out a little bit, so I missed like half of what Reed said, but I'm assuming it was something very wise. It was Devontae. Um, yeah, there we go. Uh the court, I, it feels like I, I guess the stupid take on the quarterbacks is there has to be a tiny bit of regression because they're two of the top three in fantasy right now. But I don't, they're not going to drop off too much. Uh, what, where are the opportunities for this team to regress? I guess is a better way to phrase this. Uh, I mean, like you said, with McCaffrey, McCaffrey actually has missed the last two days of practice. It sounds like just uh, a, a management thing. He'll probably play on Sunday, but. You know, if McCaffrey goes down, then this running back group starts to look a little sketchier. Uh, but like, like I said last week, I think it's a running back group that you feel confident between James Robinson, between Jeff Wilson, Brees Hall, Ramondre Stevenson, that you can probably find some quality players within that. And his wide receiver depth is pretty good with what Amari Cooper has been doing with T Higgins, Cortland Sutton, Devontae Adams, all that, where no, he doesn't necessarily need to have four good running backs like some teams do because the flex spots, he could put two wide receivers in and feel pretty comfortable. So I think that overall, the team is pretty well set up for most things that could be thrown at it. And I even like Marcus Mariota as a third QB right now, given what he's showing with his legs and a Falcons offense that's actually pretty fun to watch. I will uh, I will just say, I, I agree with that. Uh, I will just say that making sure this is the correct team or this is the case. I have the wrong notes up here. Uh, the only caveat with this QB is they both do have a week seven bye. So just a shout out there. You brought up Mariota. Um, just something to think about uh, for that specific week. But it's hard to find too many negatives with him. I mean, the good, the thing with his roster is it's very good in the short term. And he has some of these long-term plays in bed also. You know, I, I, Mariota is kind of the opposite there where he, he could lose the job in the second half of the season, but increasingly as he, other than the turnovers, he's actually been moving the chains very nicely, moving the ball with this offense very nicely, better than 
frankly, the last two years of Matt Ryan, which is crazy. Um, obviously having some young studs as part of that, but it's just, just the truth, man, at, at least on the eye test. But you think about someone like Brees Hall, that's only going to be a better chip as the season goes on. Um, you think about someone like Traylon Burks, you know, wherever you're at on him, that's someone that considering his short-term success, he can sit on and try to turn into something later in the year also. So yeah, not many holes here right now. Again, I think running back is one of those where there's the depth, but if you do get a CMC injury, maybe you don't have the upside, uh, you know, but again, that's true for anyone who has a superstar who gets hurt. So that's not really like cutting edge analysis, uh, in for terms sure. of what could happen to his team. Um, all right, let's pick this one. I think we're all probably going to go chalk again. I'd be interested to see if someone could, could pull out an upset here. It's rivalry week. You throw out the spreads, you know, it doesn't, everything's going to be close. It's how this thing mm. works. Um, I'm going to go baby though, you know, win. And, uh, I, I'll say it's closer than the numbers, but you know, give yeah, me Justin, I mean, uh, on, the, Justin is, on the spread baby on the way on the money. Line. Yeah, Dalvin's actually practicing a little. So he's, you know, if he plays, then it'll change this, uh, this projection pretty significantly. Yeah. If Dalvin plays, then Eric will keep it within 25. If he doesn't, then it won't. There you had it. All right. Full agreement in terms of the pick so far. We'll move on to uh, an interesting battle here. The one and two anti-Vaxonville Jaguars going up against the two and one Ben's walking boots. And, you know, you're talking about the uh, the famed Curtis here with a 53% chance, according to Yahoo. This is basically a pick em, uh right now, maybe a slight edge to Nick. Let's talk Nick's roster first. Uh, you look at the QB situation, uh, you know, if Carr can keep those interceptions down as a QB two with the best quarterback in the league in terms of all of the fantasy production with Lamar, I like that QB situation a lot. What do you guys think? I completely agree. And Nick also has a, he's got a lot of crappy depth, but right now the thing is, is that a lot of people in this league just need bodies straight up bodies and Nick has and Nick has bodies. So he has flexibility there. Um, And yeah, I mean, Lamar being what he is, he'll be a top five quarterback rest of year, almost guaranteed car could be just top 12, top 13. You got to feel really good about that combo. Can't describe the way my body feels every time I open up Lamar Jackson's player log and see those points, see them not on my team feeling it in the body deep in the body i like that yeah, you see 55 points and you just why didn't i not spend the 20 more dollars to get this dude well think about someone like uh even even someone like melfi who you know Mahomes has been fine from a fantasy perspective but he ain't Stop no lamar more. right now yeah um all right the the running backs slow start for jonathan taylor standards swift injury concerns we knew coming into this year He'd have some injury guys, but he'd have maybe enough bodies to overcome it. Swift and Zeke, both injury-prone players, went out and drafted both of them. Uh, I, I don't think we expected Taylor to start out this slowly, but the positive for him, and we said earlier when I was on, I guess I must have been after week one, um, this does seem like one of the only rosters that could sustain the Cam Akers disaster in week one. The Cam Akers situation looks better now coming into week four than it did in terms of where the football is going with him versus Henderson. And I say this as a Daryl Henderson owner. So his running back depth should be plenty 
to overcome whatever swift injuries happen here, I would think. Uh, but I guess let's start with the Jonathan Taylor stuff because I read, I'll go to you on this. Um, is he, is he still that kind of top tier superstar back to anchor a team? Uh, well, just quickly on Deandre Swift, uh, Nick go has Jamal Williams as handcuffs, so it's not even really a worry for him as regards to oh, that. Wow, um, but as it, as it pertains to Jonathan Taylor, I mean, last year he had so many like 80 yard runs that like, that's probably not going to happen again. And the Colts offensive line has looked a little bit worse, but I also just don't think the Colts offense is going to continue to look as bad as it, bad as it has. And if you're asking me, do I think that Jonathan Taylor is someone who's going to be by far number one running back the rest of the season? No, I don't think that's the case. Is Jonathan Taylor the running back I would want most for the rest of the season in a vacuum? Like if someone just asks, like, do you want him over anyone else? Yeah, I'm still taking Jonathan Taylor. So I feel good about that if I'm Nick. He's incredibly safe. He doesn't get injured. He's only missed this one singular practice in his whole career. Huge yeah. benefit as well. My my concern and I know I've gone out and got an Alec Pierce after kind of not being on board, but I feel like I, I need to stock a little bit of potential second half season stuff. Um, as just always been, I, I just, I've been out on Matt Ryan for two, two, three years. So anything in that offense uh, I don't love, but you know, if that offense became, Hey, let's just give it to him 30 times a game and take Matt Ryan out of the equation. I would like that aspect of it. Um all right, let's go to the other side. Curtis, anti-vax and Bill Jaguars. Let's start with his quarterbacks first as well. Um, you know, I it's one of these where it's like, if if you are still putting the jury out on Tua, or you think Tua could middle at some point in the season and or Aaron could drop off as a 38-year-old, uh, it's probably then rough with Wentz and Mitch. But then again, you could go through some rougher quarterback situations across the league. It's the high upside to us stuff. It's the reliability stuff from Aaron. That was always his plan is to go kind of old with young, um, which we've, we've seen a similar thing that you've, how you've built your quarterbacks up Jack, but uh, right. where are we at on, on the QBs for, uh, for Mr. Kurt? Jack, you go. Uh, I would be a little bit questionable on where I would like to keep two up. I'm not going to push him all the way into this QB one level, but uh, I think maybe he can, can start in the top 15. You know, I think he's like a, you know, QB 15 on a good week uh, or not a good week, but you know, on an average week, but obviously the ceiling can be massive with Waddle dropping, you know, 40 yard plus bonuses every time. Someone like Aaron Rodgers is been the definition of like a feast or famine because he's just been getting negative points. You get uh, a solid game script and you can get, uh, you know, a, a couple touchdowns, but it's been looking a little weak in that department for him. Uh, the thing I like about Tua is that I don't think that he is quite as game script dependent as someone like Rodgers, where like even week one, when the Dolphins were up big all the second half and they were just running it, he still ended up with like 20 points because this is an offense that he's going to consistently, most weeks he's going to be able to get at least one 40-yard completion. And I like having that kind of floor. And then it's like one of those things where 
if they do have to throw it a lot more, you could potentially get a, a game like week two where he has a massive spike week. Uh, he's right now he's QB four on the year. I don't think he's going to be a top five quarterback the rest of the season, but you know, I would say that barring injury or anything, I probably would bet on him to finish at least as a, as a top 10 quarterback. So uh, by definition, a QB one in that respect. Yeah. And you know, Wentz, he probably was not as good as his QB four start to uh, the first two weeks of the season, but I don't think he's as bad as he was as they as he showed against Philadelphia when the Eagles defense was just all over him uh, as a third quarterback and someone, you know, I think he's someone that can win you a lot of weeks. I really like Wentz as a third quarterback. And I think, so I think this, this quarterback room for, for Curtis is solid and you know, Mitch, obviously whatever, but like as a fourth quarterback, okay. Um, this isn't like, this isn't Daniel's quarterback room or anything, but I think it's good. It's definitely good. Yeah, I Wentz also feels like again, like it's easy to poke holes at some kind of average quarterback situations and then start to look at guys on the bench. But it's like Wentz would start for a few teams' current quarterback situations, or at least have a chance to, considering how they the game scripts of that team, how they just air out the football. No matter what your opinion is on Wentz, um, he's gonna have some opportunities to put up big numbers every week. So I think that's fair. Um, the Aaron stuff. You know, he's had some banged up receivers. He's had some kind of kids trying to figure out who, you know, is it, is it Dobbs or Watson trying to get the pecking order there correct in the post Devontae Adams era. Uh, I think that would maybe be the argument for him actually getting a little bit better around the middle of the season, potentially. Um, we did see Romeo Dobbs. Yeah, I knew you had to get Romeo in. Yeah. yeah I'm just saying yeah. he just had the first a catch game by a player not named Devontae Adams for the Packers since 2018 a fact that surprised Aaron Rodgers. And on top of that, I think that this is going to be a fantastic month for Aaron Rodgers because he just announced that they're doing the Aaron Rodgers book club on the Pat McAfee show and they're reading George Orwell's 1984. So his mind's about to be really expanded about like, you know, the effects of media, man. Oh man. He's going to have some great takes after that one. All right. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, what do they do? Do they just like recap a chapter every week? What, how do they, how does the book club work? I think that's, what's going to happen. Yeah. Or like they'll, and Pat will read it. And then I guess that'll happen. We'll just switch off. I'll read it and watch it to go to sleep. Pretty much. Nice. It's gonna be great when one party just does the spark notes version. And it's like, what was the point of all of this? You completely miss the entire, uh, the entire premise. It's like a real quick side note. My, uh, my buddies and I used to do uh, Hungarian language classes. Cause one of my friends is Hungarian. And then we found out that another friend was cheating uh, on the quizzes. And we were like, what the fuck is the point of, of cheating on, uh, <laughs> on something where you're going to be trying to learn the language. So this is like a Seinfeld so, episode. Yeah, it literally, it literally was. Um, all right, I, I would say I have some concerns about his running backs. Um, Derrick Henry is a seventh season back. There's been an assumption, you know, eventually he's going to hit a wall, even if he doesn't. Uh, we outlined some of the commander stuff with Antonio Gibson earlier. I think Gibson is going to be a hard player to start in the second half of the season. Uh, I think a lot of his, everything that he does, passing game gets cut into by McKissick. I think a lot of the carries will go to Brian Robinson. I We don't know when that's going to happen in terms of, well, we know when Robinson will come back, but it, terms of him actually getting integrated into the offense might take a few weeks. Um, but then you go down the line and it's like, 
you know, Jacobs um, as a QB two with a floor, he gets that, you know, floor of 60, 65 yards a game. If he's going to catch five balls a game, like he did last week, I would like that more as a QB two, but I'm not sure how reliable that is, at least compared to what we saw the first couple of weeks. Um, anyone else share my concerns for his backs? I get the Derrick Henry stuff, but you know, that's the anchor, uh, any Henry issues and you're in real trouble. But again, maybe that's just a dumb take similar to what I said about McCaffrey. I completely agree in terms of having a lot of concerns about his top end running back talent and Curtis shares those same concerns. But the one thing that I will say that Curtis compared to someone like Shannon that we talked about earlier, I actually think the depth here is like solid enough where like, I think he's got a lot of options where, you know, I, I don't, I wouldn't love it, but, but right now, if you're telling me Antonio Gibson's my RB two, that's fine. It's not fine in a month, but right now that's fine. Josh Jacobs is an RB two. That's fine. Damian Harris, even you could get away with it. Like these are guys that like you can squint and feel okay with it. Whereas with the dentist system, you could be Stevie wonder and looking at it and still not be okay. With <laughs> hey, hey, and on top of that, by the, by the uh, way, is not blind is not blind. A reminder for everyone is not a, is right. not a blind individual. So the joke didn't work, but yes, continue. Right. well, that's true. I mean, Stevie wonder, <laughs> yeah. but Monty Jones has a friend who sold Stevie wonder a TV. Nice. <laughs> so, incredible. So that's the problem. Did he ask about motion smoothing? Yeah. <laughs> you ask about the settings. Um, and then also I feel like the difference too, is that Curtis has like fantastic wide receiver depth where his flex is he could put two good wide receivers in there every single week, even on bye weeks, he's got enough depth to do that. So I'm not as concerned about that. And in fact, I think that with his running back depth, there are probably some people who have top end running backs, but not enough depth where maybe Curtis and them could work something out. So I, I think he's got some avenues to address that problem as well. How active Curtis will be remains to be seen because it's Curtis, but he does have some level of option, I think. I, I had some great chats with Curtis the other week. He had to go through a three-hour uh, Bachelor. Is it either, It's either The Bachelor or The Bachelorette right now. Whichever one it was, he had to watch the finale um, and said he would get back to me, but he got back to me, so that's all that matters. Yeah, I that well, bachelorette well. thing. I I saw on Twitter that it was happening, and I was like, "All right, I guess it's over now," because people were talking about it at nine, and then like at like midnight, it was people were still talking about it. Like, is this is this still going on live, or like how does this work? The the bachelor exists in a similar space on Twitter to to like wrestling for me, where it's like I follow so many people who talk about this stuff, and I I I feel like I'm you know I'm a voyeur just watching everything happen. And I have no idea what I could not even per, begin to process what they're talking about. It blew um, my mind when I found out how many people are into wrestling. Do you want Mizzou, bro? I, Mizzou especially like is like everywhere. crazy with wrestling. Yeah. My old roommates were like uh, huge into it. Yeah. I didn't know. Well, yeah. I mean, oh my God. That's literally part of the Twitter corner that I'm talking about is them. But uh, I, <clears throat> I didn't know if it was like a Midwest thing or a Missouri specific thing, but then like, it seems like ever since I've left Missouri, I keep me, I meet wrestling people in Columbia. I meet wrestling people everywhere. So anyway, uh, let's pick this one. Zoom clock is still in our favor. It looks like, uh, like we say, there's going to be a kicker thrown in here. So you can kind of throw out the Yahoo numbers right now. I'm going slight edge to walking boots on this one. I, I think the quarterback upside, uh, you know, 
We'll see what happens in terms of who he slots in where at the flexes. Um, the anchor thing has swung his way. And I'm on Raw, maybe do another big game. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lean. I think it'll be close. I'm going to lean the walking boots here. Jack? Yeah, I'm also going to go with him. I, yeah, I've seen how much Jonathan Taylor's been running routes, and I'm sure he's destined for a major blow-up, another major one. I am going to go with the upset. I'm going to take young Curdy here because I think that Lamar is going to have an iffy game against that Buffalo defense. And with Lamar not going off completely, I think there's going to be a good chance for Curtis to get the up the, the upset here. Uh, all right. One of my favorite matchups as we move right along, it is now time for Owen three country road, take Mahomes against two and one winning is a breeze. Two of the uh, the rare kind of knowing each other people in the league without any kind of direct connections to read, uh, which is uh, which is a fascinating relationship. As uh, everyone has liked to chirp Melfi throughout the years, Barra has been the top of the pack, so it's fun to get this one going. Uh, I will be trying to get their thoughts in a group chat a little bit later, but let's start with Melfi's team uh, because this is a team that's zero and three. Reed has written down on the outline that you know maybe his lineup on paper is still pretty solid is this bad luck etc cetera, etc cetera. you've been a sort of higher on melfi's team than some throughout reed so i'm going to give you the baton first here i want to hear a melfi defense a melfi argument a i like melfi's team corner let's go uh well if you recall i picked him to beat me last week and that wasn't some like oh reverse psychology kind of shit. I thought he was going to beat me because I thought Mahomes was going to have a good game. Um, We haven't seen top-level Mahomes since week one when he had that terrifying performance in Arizona. Uh, And I think this is an issue where Leonard Fournette just hasn't found the end zone yet. I still think Leonard Fournette is a top-10 running back fantasy-wise. I think James Conner is probably a top-15 running back fantasy-wise, and he's been really unfortunate with those two. Uh. Darren Waller, top five tight end. I actually think that Gino is is fine, I guess. Um, I, I don't know. I think he's got like a solid enough team. I am I, like, I don't think this is like a championship contender or anything, but I am stunned at the fact that he's had like less than 150 points the last two weeks. I just think his team is significantly better than that, even though the numbers clearly say they aren't. Yeah, Leonard Fournette has been trouncing on the snap share and he's just not been able to get enough work behind that line and you push it into the end zone similar problem with uh joe mixon on the other side they're running a lot of routes and they're just not able to convert it into any catches or points and p ryan just vultured him again Mm -hmm. right well and, and and fournette hasn't got into the end zone yet i mean the fournette stuff it's like I, I, you could kind of make the argument one way or the other once this team gets a little healthier and once some assumptions are made about Brady moving that offense down the field a little bit better. Uh, in theory, the touchdowns are going to step up, but I would also say like during these receiver injuries and some fairly heavy volume, if the point, if he's still getting single digit fantasy points, I guess that only happened one week, but um, that would still be a little bit concerning for me, but maybe your argument there would be the touchdown uh, you know, the touchdowns going to the mean kind of stuff. And eventually those numbers are going to push up. Um, you're the Rashad white owner, right? Reed or yeah, I am. Yeah. Are you have any belief there or is that just a, a safety play? 
for you? Uh, I have a lot of belief. I mean, I thought he was great at Arizona State. He is, or you know, he's shown a lot of stuff out of the backfield. He's getting some work. Like he's he's taken over the Gio Bernard role already, and he seems aligned to take over the Lenny role if Lenny gets hurt. And Lenny's had the hamstring thing, so I am. I'm pretty interested in Rashad White in terms of he's one of the top handcuffs, I think, right now. Uh, and I'm, I'm glad to have him. <clears throat> All right. Melfi is also trotting out Geno Smith at QB2. Uh, the Brandon Cooks thing, I wasn't huge on him coming into this year, obviously, as part of that uh, offense. Six catches. Look, he's getting the volume, but it's six catches on 17 targets the last two weeks combined. Um, you know, that would maybe seem to indicate that the volume won't matter going forward, especially as that's a guy that you know, I don't, he wouldn't consider him as wide receiver one, I don't think, but he needs more from cooks. Um, Sanders is getting the love in terms of the carries, but not getting enough in the red zone to feel great about it. And again, QB two is probably the main thing you'd circle. Uh, especially considering that, you know, there are real Jameis concerns, uh, even though I guess he's now been forced into, you know, acting like a Geno believer, even though he got Geno by accident. Right. Well, also, well, Dak's hurt, so Dak comes back. I mean, he's got some potential options down the line at QB two, at least. I mean, he's rostering five. Admittedly, completely forgot about Dak there. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely, no one is rostering this many quarterbacks. (laughs) Nick is. It looks like it looks like it's time for a for a a Melfi uh, trade then, which we know how well those go down typically. Um, Although he improved last year in the second half of the season, I would say some of those. Melfi currently is uh, he has a lot of stuff going on. He said, and he has his sister's wedding this weekend. Oh, let's go! Didn't get the invite. Damn. Earth people, New York and California. Earth people, I was born on Jupiter. Earth people, New York and California. Earth people, I was born on Jupiter. Earth people, New York and California. Earth people, it's against my morals. No idea what the lead there was. All right, let's uh, let's get to Barra before we get to our final matchup of the week between Reed and I. Uh, winning is a breeze. I it's just it's the worst to have this dude be two and one, but it's the reality that we all have to live with right now. Uh, I am very much going for Melfi this week. I want to, I want to be clear. I know like that's going to be risky if I go and four and I want some company. I don't care. I want Bear <laughs> to lose. Uh, I want, I want Bear to lose so badly. Uh, he is so confident and so cocky right now for a team that's just two and one, but that's fine. All right, let's get to Bear's team. Obviously, uh, there have been some concerns. I would say at QB2 and RB2. Uh, is that a fair diagnosis if we're going to do the negative before the positive? Um, I have, I was not a big Clyde guy coming into the year. Uh, he is currently the RB seven on the season, but he's coming off of a performance with seven carries and zero yards. And he is 62nd in snaps, despite being RB seven in our league, uh, which is an interesting, uh, disparity. So let's get into this, uh, where the, the strengths and weaknesses of Barris team Reed, we can start with you. Yeah, I mean, I think that I think that Bear has just got a lot of solid across the board on his team. Like, I I think his running backs are just pretty good between Mick. Like, I like Mixon quite a bit as an RB one, and then between Clyde Penny and Kareem Hunt, I think you feel pretty good about the accessory running backs. Wide receivers, kind of the same deal. Where Cooper Cup, obviously, arguably the number one wide receiver in all fantasy. And then on top of that, I like Michael Pittman. I like Devonta Smith. Michael Thomas was healthy. I like him. Quarterback, I think, is just fine. 
you know, I Stafford, whatever. I was a little down on him because of the elbow thing. We'll see where that goes. Uh, and he also doesn't really add anything with his legs. Danny Dimes doesn't add a whole lot with his arm, but he does add a lot with his legs. And that's enough to make him playable, I guess. But I wouldn't feel great about the quarterback if I'm Barrow right now. And the problem with him, I guess, with his team is that he doesn't really know. He's exploring so many different trade possibilities. And I think it's because there's not really an obvious move to make right now. It's like, you know, something needs to be done, but you can't really identify what. Yeah, something with his running backs specifically, like Kareem Hunt has the most red zone looks uh, per game of any running back. Joe Mixon is number five, and yet they both seem to be underperforming pretty significantly. One touchdown for Kareem Hunt, maybe one, yeah, zero for Joe. Michael Thomas is someone who's, you know, dealing with having Chris Olave on his team as well, but I mean, I don't think they... Yeah, I don't think they go for the same kind of routes or anything. He's, you know, more of a contested catches guy, Olave kind of over the top, but it's just been not the great of, of luck despite having, uh, you know, severe amounts of red zone looks. Well, I guess that's balanced out by Clyde completely overperforming as Taylor laid out to begin the to begin the segment with Barra. All right, so we, we given Melfi some some love here, giving Melfi a, a shot in this one because I'm personally picking Melf. I'm I'm picking Melf. Uh, I mean, I, I think this is a low score, by the way. I think I think both I think both teams miss their projections. I think this is a gross game from Daniel Jones. Um, and I, we didn't talk. We talked about this a little bit earlier. The Devonte stuff. Be very interesting to see if there's a third game in a row of this, um, or if you still have some of those week ones on the board from him. It does feel like it's been a little quiet on the AJ Brown front, and that's probably going to change at some point. Uh, and honestly, I think it might just be a lower scoring game from the Eagles offense in general, because Jacksonville's offense, lo- I mean, Jacksonville's defense looks fantastic. And I think they're going to present some legitimate problems to Philly. Doesn't mean that they're necessarily going to win or completely shut them down, but maybe it's not a 38 point point performance like they had against Detroit or a dominant performance like they had against Washington either. So, uh, yeah, I agree. I'm going to take, I'm going to take the mouth man of the upset here. I think that Nice. It's going to be, a. I think his quarterbacks significantly outscore Bears quarterbacks. I think Danny Dimes will throw a pick six to Eddie Jackson. And that will be a big difference for them. Nice. I would nice. love to take Melfi. Yeah. I just don't have, I cannot reasonably pick the team that doesn't have Cooper Cup on it. It's, it's very difficult. That is a pretty All big right. difference. All right, doing the one player difference there. I uh, like I say, I'm I'm gonna give Melfi some edge. The one reason why it would be maybe more fun for Melfi to go to lose this and go 0 and four is that you actually maybe then get Melfi into some some more serious trade conversations. Whereas Barra, I, I don't have any faith to ever have a good faith trade conversation with him of any kind. So uh <clears throat> you know, there's that there's that part of it just selfishly as someone who's starting to shop around a little bit. Um mm-hmm. I'm, you looking, want more I'm looking at open. that aspect. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Uh, let's move on to, I have been dreading this, the final matchup, uh, just an absolute back against the wall desperation heave from me this week to, to try to avoid going 0-4. There are some trade conversations. The lineup, as you see it, may or may not be that way on Sunday. At this point, it does seem like that'll be the case going at least into the Thursday night game. 
Um, I, I obviously have a lot of thoughts about my own lineup. Um, it, it, you know, I'm in this situation right now where I wanted to get the trade ball rolling last week on some stuff, certainly post tray injury. And right. I just couldn't come together with a lot of people. I wasn't as into doing the full fab heave on Jimmy G. Um, we'll see what happens on the Jimmy G thing. You know, obviously tough debut, but you expect him to grow into that role a little bit. We've seen it before. Um, and certainly, even if it's just like heave to, you know, give it to Jeff Wilson, move the chains down the field. Maybe he'll be solid enough. Still probably in the macro would rather have him than Jacoby, but Jacoby's been solid enough. I for personally, just in terms of a pure anger level, um, my thoughts on Kirk Cousins are are way more negative than anything I have to say about my QB2 situation right now because I can't stand the guy. I want him as far away from my team as possible, but that's not a that's not a possibility right now. So there's that. There's trying to figure out how to either move or just lean into my running back situations with Najee and Eckler because you're at a state now where you feel like you're selling them a little bit low, but there's some concerning stuff on the Najee front. And Eckler... I have a little bit more faith in just in terms of being involved with that offense. Um, but it has not been promising so far. So I do have one of the top four players in all of fantasy and Stefan Diggs, and not much else has gone my way so far this season. So isn't that, I, uh, is this Reed's last year running back core? Najee um, and Eccles. Uh, that was my, Najee, but I had Najee and Eccles in one of my other leagues last year as my running back duo. Uh, you did I have had, Najee in this league. I had Najee last year and I had Austin Eccles two years ago. Oh, uh, I know you're a big Eccles fanboy. I am. Taylor, remember fucking Adam. The, the follow, get the, get the, what does he do? Sign jerseys? What is the, yeah, sign jerseys. And that's oh, yeah. are valuable. He's a big fantasy guy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely need to actually, that's why he's been sucking for me is I haven't done that yet. That's actually, the exactly. Thing. He doesn't feel he, your support. You see yeah. the little ad on the side of Yahoo that's like buy jersey for your player, you know. Yes. Eckler's yes. right there. Yes, yes. Um, obviously the tight end situation is not great either. Um for either of you. Hey, Kyle well, Pitts had a nice game last week. I'd feel better. I'd feel better <laughs> if I'm Reed. I'd feel better if I'm for Reed certain, there. For, certain. for sure. Um all right. I don't we, let's just start with my team. Pick it apart if you want. Jack, I'll give it to you first. Uh hand the baton off to you first here. I think this is um, one of the more interesting kind of matchups and you got a, a very waiver heavy lineup right now, which I'm pretty interested in. I personally wanted Greg Dortch. I do think he's got, you know, another good week in him before Rondale Moore. And even after Rondale Moore, I think he could still carve out his own niche in this offense. Uh, Eckler is Reed's boy. And so I would like to see Reed get trounced by his own dude. You also got Zay Jones, which Reed kind of shat on you for dropping $23 on it when no one else bid. But, I mean, he is it's getting tough. an insane amount I of money. You know no one else would bid. Dags. You know, it's a tough thing with bidding. It's definitely too much. Definitely too much with hindsight. But I'm happy to get him. Uh, continue, Jeff. Yeah, I mean, James uh, or Zay Jones is seeing so much. Uh, he's like number seven in end zone looks for wide receivers. So, I mean, uh, I can see why you want to be a part of that. Jacoby Brissett has come out of nowhere, and he's looking like, you know, maybe they don't even need this other quarterback that might be on the Browns or not. I but That would be amazing if that were the case. Yeah. Not for me. I, I was going to say, with Brissett, I feel like the 12.9 is really disrespectful. I, right? I would be stunned if he does not outperform that. In fact, I would almost say he's more likely to double it 
than he is to un- underperform. Just because like, he's right. facing the Falcons, like I don't see how he underperforms twelve point nine when based yeah. on what he's done all year. I mean, like you saw what he, they did against Pittsburgh, and I mean they're doing it against the Jets. They're kind of doing it to the Panthers. They have a lot of decent receivers. Spread everyone out. Spread everyone out, and just let Jacoby pick them apart. I don't really see why the Falcons are going to stop them for doing that. Um, you know, no, there'll I, be a drive or two in that game where it's like, whoa, the Falcon, you know, the pass rush is back. Falcons looking great. They get a big sack of them, and then he's going to tear the Falcons apart in the second half. That's how it's going to go, and it'll be fine. I'll be fine with it. Yeah, it's going to be a big David and Joku game, I think. Um, you know, I, I I agree with you on Eckler and Najee. I think both of them are due for. It's going to be one of those things where Eckler has a three touchdown game eventually, just because this Chargers offense has a huge day at some point. Najee's probably going to have that at some point, and but it, it, you're an interesting spot with them because it's difficult to move anchor running backs and improve. It really is, but you know because there is such a dearth of them on the market, you probably can get a fucking haul for any of them. Someone will pay a pretty penny for it, but it's difficult to balance that out. And I can understand what you're doing here where as much as I, I mean, I criticized it because it was $23 and no one bid anything, but Zay Jones has had a nice, a pretty nice role so far. And I think he can be a valuable player in that Jaguars offense. And like George has been a receptions monster, Alec Pierce, you know, kind of building more long-term potential there, but you know, obviously with Pittman's quad stuff, maybe he's thrust into a number one role. Who knows? I like that you're trying to play this out a little bit longer where maybe you can fill out the depth and then still have your anchors with Najee, with Eccles, with Stephon Diggs, CeeDee Lamb, you hope, who did have a touchdown last week. He he was infuriating as fuck last week, but, you know, hopefully he'll continue to get better and better, especially as Dak comes back. I can understand the strategy that you have, and it's smart not to fully panic at this point because – it's still more than half the teams are making the playoffs. Even if you fall to 0-4 or something, it's not like the season's completely over at that point. So I do appreciate this patient approach. Are you going to have to make a move eventually? Probably, yeah. But there's no need to force it. And, you know, we're still waiting for people to be fully willing to uncork on some of these big-time moves. The, the running back thing is tough because I, I agree on principle with what you say. I think the only position that would be an exception there is a quarterback return, right? Um, the way that this league works, if the center of your trade is an anchor back for an anchor quarterback, that's one that, that could make your team better, especially considering where some of my things have been this year. I, I got to ask myself if I could ride this out for a few more weeks of Jacoby being fine. Um, and then get, you know, let's say, you know, who knows, maybe Eckler and Najee are available. Who knows? Right. <laughs> maybe they're more available in a few weeks when they've actually had a couple of big games behind them. And then I'm in better shape. Of course, I have to weigh that with, would that fucking matter if I'm Owen six, you know, it doesn't, right. You have to make these changes and get better in the immediate as well. I tried to go to the waivers already on a fairly limited fab budget to try to improve my chances for this week. I think I came out okay. I certainly overestimated what other people would throw into the, you know, into the mix, but that's okay. That, that's mm-hmm. part of waivers. Um, I, I'm not thrilled spending that kind of money on receivers. Obviously, you'd love to save up and go all in on a backup running back that is suddenly getting the job or a quarterback that everyone wants in that week. 
a la Garoppolo. Well, but, it was a uh, handcuff mentioned on this podcast. Piron. Hint. Yeah, allegedly. Well, you, but you yeah. need to get them like before the game starts. You can get on yeah. there right now and pick up a Jacksonville defense as well. Yeah, I. So the, the other issue with me going, <laughs> with me leaning into into waivers this week is I just don't have space now, right? So this is another thing where I'm I'm having the I, Desmond Ritter you have space or DJ Char. Come on, well, I'm a Ritter believer. I'm a Ritter believer. Or junior, um, right? But if but if P Ryan Chark, I mean, Chark, is, Chark is obviously right there on the line. Um, I'm really though trying to say, hey, Chicago. Half this league is from fucking Chicago. Give me something from Mooney. That's my alert to the league right now. If anyone's listening this deep in, but you should have heard how much Reed tried to get me to keep Mooney for one dollar in the offseason. I didn't try to get you. I just said that he might be a good value. I Reed gassed up. Reed gassed up my value on the on the draft, and I didn't even really want him. I was just trying to kind of play the game with Eric, and I thought he'd outbid me. So the joke's on me ultimately. Though, but. <laughs> yeah. Well, I got. Uh... I have him two other leagues and I bet on his over receiving yards prop this year. So I'm all in on Mooney. I mean, that's I, kind of, oh, yeah, I'm not that, saying right? like you were. That already, that's your... already... Yeah. Um, all right. That's my side of things. Uh, by the way, just really quick before we get to the read side, uh, where do you, where are you guys at on Najee versus Eckler? Just, just to pull the two of you in terms of short-term, long-term, the whole deal. Jack, you go, I got to think about this. Um, I mean, I think Eckler's like in a tier over Najee. You go, why do you go Eckles over Najee? You think in a tier above? I'm just not really feeling it with the Steelers and the Chargers. Once Herbert is, you know, feeling a little healthier, Keenan Allen's back in distributing the, uh, the ball around moving the chains. I think there's no chance Eckler doesn't throwing up big points in PPR. Yeah, I do think that Eckler's got the better better chance for spike weeks. Like, I think there's a lot more chances that Eckler has like a three touchdown game, uh, has a few three touchdown games than Najee. Um, I think it's closer than Jack does. I don't think it's quite a separate tier, but I guess you probably got to lean Eckles just because it's a better offense. Better offense, higher ceiling, and the Najee stuff. I mean, the Najee argument has often been about volume. That's dropping off a little bit right now as well. So that's that's a little bit concerning. His numbers are a little bit deflated, though, because of the fucking fumble last week. He should have had 20-something oh, no. points. Bullshit uh, fucking fumble that should awful. not have counted. We, um, we could have had a commissioner intervention. We should we should do that on my overall. Oh, uh, you mean on work. like that uh, gonna, that ladder play or whatever at the end? Yeah, the, the stupid fucking trickery at the end. They looked the awful. They literally yeah. looked so clueless on that play. It's like, have you ever tr- uh, practiced this? Like, what are we doing? Uh, yeah, I, that was pathetic. Um, yeah, I mean, I also, I, I do wonder, like, if Kenny Pickett eventually comes in, is he maybe more want to check down to the running backs than Mitch is? And at that point, maybe Najee becomes a receptions machine. So I, I guess I can see from that. In. It would be Jalen Warren, who I have on my backup who I do have on my bench, of course. It looked solid. I I uh, I will say in talking around the league, that seems to be a pretty much agreed upon opinion is Eckler over Najee right now. Mm-hmm. I think just for the ceiling stuff, especially since, I mean, both guys, you're kind of, both guys are off to sluggish starts considering what I paid for them and their expectations. So I think a lot of these trade conversations are about more about ceiling than floor um, with some of these at least with the matches that I've had to talk. So, uh, all right, let's go to Yves Saint Laurent. Uh, this team is two and one, 
And I said after the draft that, you know, and, and this is not uncommon for Reed. It, it felt like you were building up the team more for the back end of the season, uh, or at least let's put it this way, looking into the big picture beyond just the short term. Belichick uh, style. Some, you know, exactly. Belichick style, leaning into the rookies, uh, leaning into some IR stuff. Uh, are you going to sprint out of the tunnel uh, with a Dabo form as well? Uh, I don't have that kind of speed. Okay. Um, <laughs> it looks like uh, just, we can start here. It looks like the Trevor Lawrence thing is, is working out for you. Um, I love that offense. Uh, I want a lot of different pieces of it as my Zay bid would seem to indicate. Uh, where are you at on Trevor? You loving life? I'm, I mean, this is going as well as I possibly could have hoped for Trevor, honestly. Um, I mean, I guess the only thing you really could have hoped for more is that maybe he'd be running it a little bit more than he has been. Cause you know, at Clemson, that was a facet of his game where, I mean, it, it wasn't just that he was like running, but they were doing like quarterback power with him. Like he was Cam Newton or some shit. Uh, they haven't quite done that in, in Jacksonville quite yet, but maybe he'll get some red zone touchdowns, but. I mean, overall, I mean, just eye test and the numbers wise, I, I think he's looked like a top 10 quarterback and I feel really solid with him every single week. Whereas last year it was, that was not the case. I mean, he's already thrown half as many touchdowns this year as he did all of last year. It's just night and day. What are you seeing specifically Reed? Cause everyone like points to the coaches and okay. ETN's out there now, even though it's kind of in the J Rob show and some of these games, um, is it just, is it the coaching change? Is it another year of comfort in this league for Trevor? Like what do you, I'm sure you're watching a good amount of this offense. Like, what are you seeing from him? I mean, last year, like the receivers were like all running in the, in the same fucking spot. Like they, they did not have a whole <laughs> like lot of five-year-olds playing soccer. Just everyone run, runs toward the ball. Pretty much. I mean, the thing is like, they did not have a whole lot of talent around them and it was very poorly coached. And now the guys are in better spots. I think that's the biggest thing, but but Trevor undeniably was making some mistakes last year. There were some things that he was doing at an elite level. Like he, he was already last year, top five at avoiding sacks or not allowing pressure ter- to turn into sacks because he's just got that elite pocket presence. So I think having better weapons, but also he's seeing the field a little bit better and he just feels more confident in there. I don't know. It's just the full package. It's hard. Like everything just looks so much better. To where, I mean, last year, I, I can't act like there weren't some times and I was like, is, is this not who I thought he was? Because I thought that he, you know, I thought leaving Clemson's slam dunk, he's going to be fucking amazing. But then, like, last year, there are some times where it's just like he he looks kind of mid. Athletically, he looks kind of mid. But now you're seeing the arm strength again, too. Like, I, there's not really a whole lot that he can't do. Yeah, he's very yeah. accurate. But it's not a great I mean, look this week with the Eagles. No, it's not. Although Doug Peterson revenge game. Uh, some interesting matchups there. We got Kirk going to London. See, uh, I don't know what I don't. The, the bright lights kind of Kirk memes. I don't know. Uh, I don't know how this, those work out when you're playing at eight thirty, nine thirty a.m. But obviously, it's is that prime time or not? Yeah, well, it's a, it's a standalone game, and they're playing at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, which. It'll be during the day, so not under the lights. So maybe I think it's an under the lights thing. That's what people seem to point to. Although that wouldn't make sense in an indoor stadium. So tricky, tricky to figure out the Kirk uh, the Kirk curse. 
Um, the rest of your team read, I mean, like, like I've said, I like it big picture a lot. It's looking increasingly good short picture as well. The Olave thing has been massive for him turning the corner. Jefferson, I assume, uh, you're not worried or do you think Kurt could hold him back a little bit? Uh, I mean, maybe the fact that he gets double teamed a lot and he becomes the focus of other teams game plans, but he's still Mr. Jefferson. I mean, it's not like this is the first time that he's been good. Like he's been their best player for two years and he's still managing to put up monster numbers. So I'm not concerned with the slightest. DJ Moore, uh, drop alert. Maybe not dropping, but I mean, I put him in the flex spot this week and to send a message, he has to understand <laughs> that he's going to come back. You want to be a starting wide receiver on this team. You better put up some better fucking better production. Two points. Two points. And then I mean, what's ironic is that DJ Moore is only as good as he has been this year because he scored a touchdown against the Giants, which usually is the exact opposite. Uh, I'll, I'll be honest. I'm pretty fucking concerned about DJ Moore. I'm not, I was really high on him entering the year, but I, me being high on him was contingent on Baker Mayfield being a notable upgrade from Sam Darnold. Not a good quarterback, not even an average quarterback, slightly below average. But right now, Baker Mayfield is in the Justin Fields zone. You look at like those little charts of like completion perce- completion percentage over expectation and EPA for play. It's Fields and it's Baker down by themselves in the bottom corner. He's been awful. He's got some of the worst pocket presence this year of any quarterback I've ever watched. I mean, anytime someone breathes on him, he starts running and his footwork gets fucked up and he leaves the pocket. And for some reason, he still thinks he's Lamar Jackson trying to run it, even though you'd think five years of the NFL would hammer home that he's not. So between all of that and an offense that I just frankly is don't think is well designed with Ben McAdoo, there's some very serious concerns about DJ Moore right now. Uh, do I think he's playable? Yeah, I absolutely do. But I think right now, if you had to ask me on a week-to-week basis, I joked about putting him in the flex spot, but I think right now, I think on objective level, you would have to take Mr. Jefferson, you'd have to take Hollywood, and you'd have to take Chris Olave over him at this point, just to being objective. Yeah, the Olave leap forward uh, potentially changes some things on that receiver depth chart. Uh, seven catches in three games for Mr. Moore is uh, certainly concerning. Uh, we could just to go more. back to the, yeah, sure. There you go. There you go. Just to go back to the quarterbacks really quick. Um, what, so you went all in on Jimmy G. Yeah. Um, good timing Mac with Joe, Mac Jones getting hurt. Right. Well, so the Mac injury then happens. Uh, how are you assessing these quarterbacks right now in terms of the season as a whole? Have you, what have you thought? Also, what have you thought about Mac? I have not been that impressed by him. Um, but we'll see he's what fine. happens in terms of the timeline you know, whenever he's, he's back. Fantasy-wise, he's been actually pretty good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Are you trying to move one of these guys, or is it about let, let's sit on them until bye weeks come and people need to make deals and that kind of strategy? Well, for the record, I still have Mac in my starting lineup. Of course, I'm talking about Money Mac, the kicker, oh, Evan McPherson. Let's go. go. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. The video, the video component here is necessary for the reveal that Reed yeah, just did. Yeah, wow. I mean, wow, that's <laughs> brutal for the podcast listeners. But yeah, I got my yeah. Money Mac T-shirt. Um, oh, I mean, I pain. would. Would I like to upgrade a quarterback? Obviously, that's a known secret. That's not like anything I'm keeping behind closed doors. But it's a simple fact of what are the prices out there. 
And if the prices aren't, aren't good enough, then I, there's a certain point that I can't go where I'm just making my team so much worse that it's not worth it. I think that I've got a, a pretty deep team, one of the deeper teams in the league. And I think potentially as teams, you know, a lot of teams don't have quality rookie tag options. And I have at least three, Tons. we might have four. And so that could, or maybe even five, depending on what happens with Jamison Williams and Rashad White. Um, so on that front, I feel pretty good. But, you know, teams have really high prices for a quarterback for a reason. And so teams are not going to be happy about giving up good quarterbacks. Uh, I feel pretty confident that even if we were compatible for a deal, Daniel and I wouldn't be able to work something out out, out for uh, Jalen Hurts or Josh Allen regardless. So th- those are off the table. Um, so I, I don't know. I mean, I'll say this. I've been pleasantly surprised with Jared Goff. I think the Lions offense has been a lot better than I was expecting. And if this continues, then Goff is – I feel comfortable enough with Jared Goff as my QB, too. I think Trevor Lawrence, as I said earlier, I'm very happy with him. I don't – I'm not under some impression that he's some, like, elite QB1 by any stretch, but I do think that he can be QB8 or something, so that's good enough. So could I have, like, QB8 with Trevor and then QB12 or 13 with Jared Goff? Maybe. You know, that, that's probably a best-case scenario we're talking about, but I don't think that's unrealistic. And at that point, maybe if the rest of my roster is elite, and it could be, depending on how some things work out, it's not right now, but, okay, we're feeling pretty good. But, you know, ultimately, yeah. I probably I do probably make a move, most likely. It, the, the QB housing bubble, uh, it, it feels <laughs> like it's got to burst a little bit at some point. I mean, the way this goes, of course, is later in the season, some of these deals will start happening, but... Having just talked around the league a little bit, people are guarding their quarterbacks more than ever. And I know we say this every year, but the value at that position in this league has reached an all-time high, I think, at least right now. I understand these things can change, you know, within the course of a season. But, uh, yeah, they're valuable. Just wait right for that week 14 buy. Is that after the trade deadline? Oh, Probably. that's a good question. That's the Falcons buy. It's like everyone's buy. Yeah. Well, I don't know, if, Taylor, you weren't on the Zoom call, but I mistakenly told Barra that week 14 was the start of the playoffs because normally in the 17-week season it is, but now 18 weeks is actually week 15. And because of that, Barra just did not go in on a single player that was week 14 by. Oh, sick. Which That's is awesome. why he didn't get Drake London or Chris Olave because he was like, well, I don't – they're not here for the playoffs. I don't want them. Oh, see, wow. I thought he just botched the, the London Olave stuff. I didn't even – I didn't well, even I realize did there too. was this backstory to it. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there. But that was a contributing factor. For sure. Um, all right, let's pick this and get out of here. It's been a pleasure. Um, <laughs> I Again, the numbers here and the projections aren't great right now because I need to put in a defense. And I'm also just I'm, – I'm holding out. There's a possibility that you will see a, a fairly different lineup read uh, come Sunday. But Fairly or very different? Fairly, 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 fairly. Okay. Big difference on the adverb there. Uh, or is that an adverb? Fairly, yeah, it is. Right? Fairly, yeah. It is, right? Yeah. yeah. L-Y, usually. Never second grad. Exactly. The L-Y was the giveaway, yeah. Um, I'm going to give myself just a just a good vibe uh, win pick. Uh, I think Reed's probably going to win this, and I'm going 0-4, and, and the massive blockbuster trade happens next week um, because I'm going to be more inclined to actually say yes to a couple of the things happening in DMs right now. Mm-hmm. but uh, if I pull out the win, then maybe I get a little bit more value. Maybe finally, 
one of the Eckler Najee train really shows up in earnest. Um, you know, I, I still, I know we've, we've had some nice things to say about Jacoby Brissett here on the program. I think he'll probably get 15 to 20 against the Falcons. I feel good about that. The Kirk thing. I have absolutely no idea what happens in London. I could see that being a disaster, uh, which maybe that helps me because it keeps Jefferson out of things as well. But, uh, I'll give myself a slight win. The only way it happens is if Reed's at, I would say, in the mid-180s or lower. And so let's top it, baby. One and three. Let's go. Yeah, I don't know. I think I think you're getting absolutely railed by the projections. I, I feel like they're really fucking, fucking you over here. And I think you actually with Zay Jones and George could put up way bigger points than you think. What about Damian Pierce 9.85, though? That's getting screwed over too. For come sure. on now. I, no, come on yeah, now. I'm not, Let's be okay. fair. Yeah. Yeah. That's Look, actually I mean, crazy. They haven't adjusted that yet. It's 20 carries, 20 carries for what? 90 last week. Some 80, 80, uh, 80. Yeah. Yeah. And the touchdown. Come on. Come on, bro. Yeah. But yeah, but he's got like three or four players that are getting really undervalued in the thing. And you've got maybe I don't, one. Yeah. I don't disagree with that. I think he is. Uh, I'd said before, Brissett will could potentially double his output. And DJ Moore's not getting 13. Right. He's going to get 26. <laughs> yeah. I don't really understand the Dorch thing either, considering he's been the guy while Rondale and, and Hop have been out. Um, right. I he's put like over 12, be, 12. 12.8, yeah, that, 16.5, 16.5. That should be like a 13. Yeah, that should be like a 13 Minimum. to 14 projection. Damn. Um, so that's Carolina. a good point, Jack. Good point. Good point. All right. So you're picking me, Jack, then. That's what I'm yeah, hearing. Yeah, right? I think I'm going Taylor. Let's go. Wow. Well, I have good news thing. and bad news. Yeah. The good news is that it's looking like I'm going to win. Actually, <laughs> sorry, that's the bad news. Bad news is that you're going to yeah. go to Odom 4. The good news, though, is Here that is. if current trends continue, uh-huh. if you if you lose and Melfi wins and you're the only 0-4 team, that means you're guaranteed to go to the title game. Yes. Be- yes. Because we've had All right. back-to-back years, we've had an 0-4 team go to the title game. So maybe you should want to lose a bold strategy. Cotton. Uh, I, I definitely, strategy. yeah, I, I feel great about that play. Actually, that was Chess, my, my move from pre-draft to now. That was my strategy all along. So there we go. You knew Lance was fucking up his ankle. I predicted it all along and uh, I can't wait to make a blockbuster trade that is devastated by injury here in the next couple of weeks. So Now my helmet's on. You can't tell me I'm not in space with the National Guard, United States Enterprise. Diplomat of swing with aliens at my feet, coming down a rampart through beam on the street. Obsolete, confused, compounds, and dead sounds. As I locate intricately independent, economic vomit, I save, restore food. And capsule D, my program is the ability for reaction in response to a no one. Identification code unidentified. I got cosmophonic, press a button, change my face. You recognize, so what? I turn invisible, make myself clear, reappear to you visual. Disappear again, zap like an android. Face the fact I fly on planets every day. My nucleus prim, prepare, return again. My 7XL is not yet invented. New York and California, Earth people, I was born on Jupiter, Earth